It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, the national media has turned the corner on the Cincinnati Bengals, and we're talking Super Bowl contenders. We'll weigh in on that narrative and reflect a little bit more on the Bengals' big win over the Kansas City Chiefs. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Join the thousands of others of Bengals fans who listen to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Be the smartest person at the water cooler by hitting that follow button, hitting that subscribe button, and making us your first listen on the way to work. Whatever it is, good way to start your day, especially when things are going well for these Cincinnati Bengals. Do they still have water coolers, James? I think they exist somewhere, Jake. They got to, right? Water coolers, that's a staple. I mean, there's the, the water cooler guy that gets out of the big truck. And, and anyways, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they still have water coolers. Let us know. I believe so. But at my office, we just got bottled water. And yes, I'm in my office right now. And, uh, you know, usually it's a water pitcher with a filter in it. Let's be real. Yeah, I've got my handy Nalgene here. So no, no water cooler for me. But if you do have a water cooler, our aim is to make you the smartest fan at that water cooler. Anyway, James, more to talk about with the Chiefs game here a little bit. And everybody who likes to talk about football, whether it's on The Athletic or on ESPN or The Ringer or you name an outlet. They're talking about the Bengals as a Super Bowl contender. ESPN, did I say that one? I guess they're pretty big too. Locked on NFL, locked on today, locked on Bengals. All these fantastic outlets where you get your coverage on the Obviously, NFL. number Mostly one locked is on locked Bengals. on Bengals. Obviously, number one is locked on Bengals. Right. Everything else is second. Go ahead. Point is, everyone is talking about oh, the Bengals beat the Chiefs for the Bengals Super Bowl contenders now. And... I think, yes, obviously. We've been talking about this for a while. And to me, what I said yesterday is still true here in that they've proven over the past six, seven weeks, kind of time and time again, that they've completed this metamorphosis, this evolution as a team. And they've got all this experience now with these different styles of playing on both sides of the ball. They've got this cohesion, this continuity in the coaching staff with so many of the players on this team that they can do so many things. They have so many answers to so many different scenarios now, and they've been playing so well since the beginning of the season. You throw out that week one game, which I love to throw out the week one game. They're, they're playing at the top of the NFL. And, and so now they've got a chance to, to go and show it a, a couple more times here against a couple of other really good playoff teams down the stretch. But like everyone's saying on these national shows, James, is there anybody that you're like, yeah, the Bengals can't go in there and beat them. No, there's not. The Bengals can certainly play with, I think, any team in the NFL right now. 
There's no doubt. And it's because they have Joe Burrow. And whether you believe Jamar Chase and you're in the, the camp where you think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL, like Jamar said to me on uh, Sunday after the game, or if uh, you know you, you, you think he's fifth, whatever the case is, it starts there. And because they have him, because of the way he's built and operates, they can go anywhere. They can play at home, and they've been really good at home this year. So finding a way to get a home playoff game or maybe more would be ideal but that is that comes with the territory and it was no fluke we we can safely say that now last year was no fluke and they've dealt with a lot of adversity this year injuries this year and you look up and i thought i had a pretty optimistic view of of where the bengals would be through 13 weeks before the season started and and i had them right here at, at this eight and four mark I believe I had him right at eight and four, starting seven and two, and then kind of hitting a little bit of a an up and down stretch here to start the second half of the uh, the season. And instead, the Bengals have hit it, boom, and they're excelling and and playing at a high level. And yet, I still think there's some meat on the bone, and they could be even better. And and so that's the exciting part, Bengals fans enjoy this part, but and I think they know this, it, it could be much better. And so. It is fun, though. I'll say that. I mean, I, I try to consume as much football content as possible because, well, it's part of the gig. It's part of the role. And it is uh, it is unique uh, to hear as much Bengals talk as there has been over the past 24-plus uh, hours. Yeah, and two of the points in all of that Bengals talk that I found that I agreed with the most, James, are, one, this team is better than last year. Yeah, you talk about last year being a fluke. All these national commentators will still say in some ways the the Bengals were lucky to be where they were last year. The Bengals overperformed in key moments, whatever euphemism they want to say to essentially call them lucky or fluky or whatever. They're not saying that now because of that evolution I've talked about, right? Mina Kimes is saying it. Nate Tice is saying it. These national level commentators are all kind of saying the same things at this point, which is, They're not relying on the deep ball anymore. It's not do nothing, do nothing, do nothing. Jamar Chase breaks a a 10-yard out for a 70-yard touchdown. It's not do nothing, do nothing, do nothing, hit Jamar Chase over the top. It's consistently taking what's there in the intermediate and short part of the field when you need to. It's the offensive line investments coming together, gelling as a group. And it took time, but they are playing at a much, much higher level recently as well and and you can see that in the pressure numbers for joe burrow which i've been tracking and i'll continue to track throughout this year joe burrow's doing a better job of sack avoidance himself and so that is is such a big point to me they made it to the super bowl last year the the offseason analysis what was it james it was they they could be better they might have a worse record well i think Mm -hmm. they're clearly better and I think they're in a position to certainly finish the season with a stronger record at this point, given the way that they've started the season, the way they're playing right now, and how consistent and, and sustainable everything feels right now. They are better. And they are better for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the offensive line, Joe Burrow is better. I think Jamar Chase is better. T. Higgins, you know, we could go up and down mm-hmm. uh, the roster, depth, all of those things. Zach Taylor's better. Mm-hmm. Deserves credit. Fourth or third and 11. I don't know if Zach Taylor does that last year. In fact, I, I do know. He probably wouldn't have. 
probably not calling that play. It's probably not happening. I remember multiple times last season where you take the ball out of Burrow's hands. It's like, oh, don't don't do this here. Put the ball in Nine's hands, and and he did, and, and it worked out. And so, it's it's been a um, a journey, right, to to get to this point. But it's realistic to expect this team to play better and better and even better, even though they went to the Super Bowl last year, to the, to where we haven't seen the best of the Bengals yet over this year and a half plus run. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's pretty cool because you're right. It, it does seem more sustainable now that the deep ball magic was awesome, but we knew that there was going to be some regression there, just the way teams played. And they were, they were going to say, all right, we're not going to give up 86 yard catch and runs Mm -hmm. or these deep ball shots to Jamar chase where he's gritting on our logo all the time. And Defense is adjusted. It took the Bengals time to adjust. It took the offensive line time to adjust. And oh, by the way, uh, Joe Burrow underwent uh, an appendectomy mm-hmm. and was able to play early, but didn't look like the Joe Burrow we're seeing now. And I, I think the, the fun part about this offense, he tried to run last year, but I asked Burrow about the offensive line on, on Sunday. And he's like, yeah, even when something isn't there, now I have running lanes. And there's a clear area to step up or slide or move. And when you talk about that sack avoidance, I think it goes hand in hand because he was always capable of doing those things, but now he trusts, fully trusts the guys in front of him and, and is doing those things and is running when needed. And that's become a, a secret little weapon for him. Absolutely. The transformation of the offensive line can't be understated as they've continually progressed over the course of the year. Cordell Volson, one of those guys, shout out Cordell Volson, playing pretty well. For the Bengals against a defensive interior featuring Chris Jones. Uh, that's always great to see. And the other thing, talking about playing up to their potential, James, maybe that's where we go next because, and we talked about this, they left some meat on the bone against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They've kind of left some meat on the bone against Kansas City multiple times, and they've won all those games anyway. And I think that is a good, good reason to feel confident. So let's keep going with this conversation, James, in a minute. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you find the right candidate among all of the qualified candidates available, and you need access to those qualified candidates, and the way to do that is with LinkedIn Jobs. You can use simple tools like screening questions that are going to be able to help you find the right candidates, the right experience, the right skills, so you can quickly prioritize, boom, who you'd like to hire and make the right hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So check them out right now at LinkedIn jobs and post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bengals are the only team to go 3-0 in consecutive games 
against Patrick Mahomes and the Andy Reid Chiefs. The only other Oof. quarterback to have won three games against Patrick Mahomes, period, is Tom Brady, who's three and three against Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, it's not quarterback on quarterback, it's team on team. And Andy Reid has this long history with the Chiefs now of having a hard time with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's, what, two, five, and one career against the Bengals, maybe including that tie back in Philly, something like that. And when Donovan McNabb didn't know the overtime rules, uh, if you're new to the Bengals, there's a throwback for you. You can Google that one. It's 2008. That, yeah, that, that was pretty was fun. Yeah. Um, but in this game, Cam Taylor Britt drops an interception. We talked about this yesterday. Cam Taylor Britt drops an interception because there's three different Bengals with a chance to pick it off, and they kind of all collide at the catch point. DJ Reader tips the ball in the air that Mike Hilton can intercept. Doesn't quite come down with it. The Chiefs go two of two on fourth down, including some very, very close plays that end up barely converting those fourth downs. Well, the, well, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson kind of just missed Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a great job, but they tried to stick him and they missed him. And Cam mm-hmm. Taylor Britt was the one that, you know, took the the rough, rough end of that hit on Mahomes, I think. Yeah. And it, again, really close, right? The the, yeah. the, the Juju Schuster, fourth down, really close. Um, the, the, there's just so many plays in this game that go really narrowly the Chiefs way that the Carlos done that play on the jet sweep, which Bengals fans hated that play call. And I get it. There's a QB sneak right now in the NFL that's unstoppable, the rugby scrum QB sneak. But you go look at that view, the overhead view of that. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs have like four guys in the A gaps. And it's just going to be a really, really difficult QB sneak. Maybe they get it, right? They they didn't get the jet sweep. But you go to the Kansas City film earlier in the game, they have a jet sweep that goes for like 15 yards. And so th- there's a reason that that audible is there for Joe Burrow in that situation. Anyway, close thing goes the Chiefs' way, right? Uh, the Tyler Boyd drop a break for the Chiefs, although MVS had a drop for the Chiefs as well. That could have been a touchdown. Um, point is, this is another example of the Bengals not playing a perfect game. And I've heard this point on national podcasts too, and I think it's a good point. So I'm repeating some of that. And the resiliency that, that Zach Taylor's talked about, that you can kind of laugh off in some games against inferior teams, shows up again in this game. You can kind of dismiss it, right, against a team like the Saints, who's not the Chiefs. But it's a consistent thing with this team where they've been able to do it regardless of the opponent. And most teams don't have that with the Kansas City Chiefs. And you credit the coaching staff for making those adjustments. And you credit these players for continuing to execute and and fighting for those opportunities and creating them. That's the piece that feels like last year. Mm -hmm. That's it right there. And it honestly, it's hard to create that. But I think once you have it, and they have a lot of the same players, once you have that, and then you've went through all of the adversity that they've dealt with over the past, I say, six months, right? Which it's it's been less than that, but we'll go back a pre-appendectomy for another month behind that. And they've dealt with a lot. They've dealt with some injuries. They've had to respond. They didn't have Reader. They didn't have Chase. Uh, Joe Burrow wasn't himself early on. They faced 0-2. They answered all these questions. Joe Burrow said, relax. Since then, by the way, they're 8-2. and two. I, All of those things... And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're still here. We're still the same resilient group. Plus, they're more talented. Plus, they're they're playing at a higher level. So it it, it should translate and it should be, you know, obviously they're a resilient group. But 
I feel like it's hard. It's rare to find that. There are a lot of teams in the, the NFL that can't respond, that can't flip the script, that have those errors against the Chiefs, and that's it. Usually you can't fail on uh, fourth and inches on the four-yard line against the Chiefs and get zero points mm-hmm. and expect to win. You need seven there. You can't settle for three when you have a wide-open touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. Like Those are just key errors that never work out usually and say never say never right but usually don't work out against the chiefs and they find a way to to make you pay for that and and win the game because of it and the Bengals have been able to overcome that not once when they were down big not twice three times uh, against this kansas city team that is just tough really really tough and so they deserve credit And, and i'm not sure there is a more resilient team in the NFL. I don't know if they're going to win it all. I'm not saying that. But when you, when it comes to that, think about how much they did last year with how little they had. And I know they had a lot, but they had some clear, like glaring, gigantic flaws mm-hmm. that, that just really were a thorn in the side. And they overcame those in crazy moments and crazy games down to the wire. And it was like, we made it again. We made it through. We made it through. It's why you were expecting them to make one more play uh, at SoFi Stadium in, in, in that final game of the year. And they almost did it, right? And so this team now is battle-tested and, and has shown that resiliency. And they've had to overcome more this year. I think that's the other part of it. It's different adversity. It isn't – we don't have the talent adversity. It's, we, oh, we have the talent. We're ready to go. But now we don't have this guy. We don't have mm-hmm. this guy. We don't have Chido Beouzier who – man, what a difference maker he is. And yet this defense still was able to, to find ways to make plays despite giving up plays to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that I don't think they would have given up if, if Cheeto was, were healthy. And I think that is a, a good kind of lead into, back to the, the Super Bowl contender conversation, right? Because when Cheeto got hurt and, and it was known that he was going to be out for the year, you, you lose a big part of that secondary. Which, you know, Cam Taylor Britt stepped up and has had two pretty good weeks in a row now. And I, I know some fans are upset that he didn't complete the tackle on Smith Schuster short of the first down on that fourth down. It was a really close play. And and I think he it's a tough pretty, tackle. He yeah. went high, bigger guy. If you oh. if you're not cutting him down there, it's in, in which would have been hard to do, it it's really yeah. tough to make that play. And despite all that, really close. Like he gets it by a couple inches, right? And uh I guess where I'm going with that is they've shown the resilience in a couple of games here against playoff teams so they can still be solid on defense. The Chiefs still get theirs. They're going to get theirs. That's the way the Chiefs are. But when they needed it, they still had the counter punches on defense. So you think about from a matchup perspective, the Bengals seem to have good answers for the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have great answers for the Bengals offense. The Bengals seem to have a little bit of an answer for, for the Chiefs offense on defense. You think about the other AFC contenders and it's like the Bills who we're going to get a chance to see the Bengals contend with. How, how does Stephon Diggs and the potential presence of Von Miller impact that matchup? How does, you know, if the Bengals play Miami again with the, the efficiency they've had on offense, how does the speed they have at receiver match up? But it seems like they've answered those tests. Right. And and we'll see about Buffalo, but 
this deficiency that appeared to have been created when Cheeto got hurt. They haven't been perfect on defense by any means, but they were just pretty daggone good against the best supposed quarterback in the NFL Mm -hmm. in Patrick Mahomes. Certainly some debate around that topic at this point, certainly amongst Bengals fans, right? And, And rightly so, I think. But it was an impressive performance, I think, for the pass defense against a really, really good passing offense, the best in the NFL statistically to this point. And that should give you a lot of confidence in this team in addition to some of these other things we've talked about, the resilience, the ability to find a counterpunch, the multitude of answers they developed for the different kinds of challenges teams present them going into the playoffs and down this stretch run. A little you, bit of... Go ahead. You mentioned Miami. Mm-hmm. Don't make me call Brock Purdy. We'll continue our conversation <laughs> next here on Locked on Bengals. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football mm-hmm. podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why... You'll be able to find a sneak peek of Block Forever available on Locked On NFL right now. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. He gives you an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities. From Christian McCaffrey about his love-hate with fantasy football, which let's be honest here, I love fantasy football, to discussing topics like player psyche, sports betting, playing through pain, being a leader, New episodes released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. Head over to Locked On NFL for a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, a couple of pieces of news we should hit on as as well as... Uh, I guess we need to think about the Browns. We're going to do our film episode tomorrow, of course. We're going to get a chance to dig into the All-22 and find some takeaways there. Uh, Early impressions from me, I've started this, were uh, mostly that Joe Burrow was really on yesterday. Played another fantastic game. Said it yesterday, and, and nothing I've seen really changes my mind. He wasn't perfect, but I think he was really, really good. And if he continues to play like that, these guys have a chance against anybody. Uh, in in the really simple Captain Obvious analysis of the episode. But uh, Kevin Huber, his tenure in Cincinnati has come to a conclusion as we expected after the three-week limit of call-ups for Drew Christman from the practice squad was reached. The Bengals signed him to the 53-man roster, and Kevin Huber is released to make room. The other one that is a bit of a more minor note, but it's still a little bit surprising, I guess, is that they let the 21-day window on Brandon Wilson complete without activating him off of IR. So now he reverts to the season-ending physically unable to perform list. And so he will not be up for the Bengals this year at any point. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see an injury settlement there um, because they chose not to activate him to the 53 and if they would like to give him a chance if he is healthy to catch on somewhere else then you might see an injury settlement but uh kevin huber the the bigger one of these notes james 
Sure. And by the way, real quick, Drew Chrisman is still on the practice squad as of now. Oh, so he he will. By the way, clip that of what Jake said and like fast forward at 24 hours or so. He's going to be on the 53 man roster. They didn't officially do it yet. So technically, they have a roster spot open. We'll see. I, I don't think Kevin Huber is going to return to the practice squad. I know some have thought about that. Like, oh, well, could they do that and go that route? We'll see. We'll see if, you know, they do. It doesn't feel that way. You might as well um, use that spot elsewhere. But mm-hmm. we'll see. But it's, uh, look, he's a Cincinnati legend. And I know that sounds weird from a punter standpoint, but he was on some really good Cincinnati Bearcats teams. And he gets drafted here. And, oh, what does he do? Oh, play for 14 years. Pro bowler. Does, uh, you know, a lot of great things. Plays the most games in Bengals history. And the thing that I'm going to remember two things that pretty fondly about Kevin Huber. The first one, he went and and took one of the, the, the balls from the playoff run um, to, to the bars. I think he went to Holy Mm -hmm. Grail. He was the first one uh, to go out, uh, you know, players wise when that was a thing. And uh, I think it was after the Tennessee game when he did that. And it was, uh, that was really cool to see. And I'm sure that was exciting for him. One, two, and this is, Kind of small, but I think when I'm all things are said and done, when I am am realizing, you know, my sports broadcasting, you know, journalism days, whatever you want to call it, personality days are over in hopefully 50 years from now or whatever the case is, I I might not be able to go out as as calmly as he did. And the the week of him essentially being demoted and Drew Christman being elevated, he talked with us that Monday and was great, was open about his struggles, was, wasn't was mean or rude or angry or anything like that. And that's really, really hard to do when you're looking at the end of anything. Mm-hmm. It would be – I'm not even close to it yet, right? I'm young – I'm I, my career is probably the equivalent of, of Kevin Huber still at McNicholas High School, right, if, if you're comparing, because 20 years ago he was there, and uh, and then he goes on to UC and does great things. Yeah, it uh, that's the part that I'm going to remember. So he's going to end up in the Bengals Ring of Honor one day. We'll, we'll see if uh, it, you know he ends up on the practice squad. I don't think that's going to be the route they go. And and if so, I hope he passes the baton now to uh, another player that was uh, grew up here locally, and Drew Chrisman, and, and Chrisman can take the reins and, and punt at a high level for a long time. Yeah, I, I guess when Zach Taylor in his press conference said that it's, he, I mean, he mentioned Drew Chrisman by name as like making the change, I, I think, unless I made that up too. Uh, that's well, yeah, I, I mean, that's the change. Yeah, yeah, Drew Chris, it's going to happen. It just hasn't yeah. happened yet. For uh, I guess he needs to revert to the practice squad before they sign him off the practice squad, probably a, uh, yeah. a procedural so, thing. So he's at the pra- he's on the practice squad today as, yeah. as we record this. And the, the one thing that, that will really stick out to me, James, I mean, going wire to wire, on one team in the NFL, regardless of, of what position you play, is pretty rare. So doing that for his entire who, football playing career. Who knows? Yeah, I guess so. We'll I, see. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's interested. He might not be. So so if he doesn't, that's pretty rare and impressive to do it in one city your entire football playing career. Uh and and two, the behind the back move. <laughs> that that's a pretty memorable highlight for a punter. I would say uh, no that was a fun play. No doubt. 
no, it's uh, wow, it's um, you know what? Also, I got to compliment the Bengals because they did something that no team would do. Mm-hmm. Keep Huber around. Yeah, they handled it well. Get he get he gets three more game checks essentially, and gets to hang around for three more weeks. And yeah, that a lot of that money he's probably getting anyway. It's probably guaranteed. I'd have to look at. it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that was nice by them because most teams would have been like, "Hey, man, we're not making you inactive. We're going to use this roster spot elsewhere or this practice yeah. squad spot elsewhere and elevate or promote Drew." So tells you how they feel about their depth, perhaps. If if you're looking at it through. <laughs> orange tinted glasses they, they feel like they didn't need those roster spots they didn't need those practice squad spots and hey look man i mean j2 Fele back to to not playing with the return of josh tupo this week that they, they love that depth i know and you know chris evans coming in catching a touchdown samaje p ryan doing what he did joseph osai making a game-changing play i mean they, they, i think they do feel good about their depth um Last note, the Bengals were off on Monday, little victory Monday day off granted by Zach Taylor and the coaching staff. Uh, doesn't seem like the players took that to heart so much. A lot of them, mm-hmm. according to Taylor, still in the stadium, according to Jesse Bates, still in the stadium on Monday, getting their workouts in. And that, of course, includes the team's leader, Joe Burrow. Yeah, really cool. I See, I love this stuff. This is the type of work ethic that I I love in the fact that Joe Burrow has already watched a bunch of Browns film, went through his workout and and you do that to get the soreness out cuz you're sore the next day. Not that you're su- not that he got hit a ton, but you know, you're always sore the next day, so you lift, get some of that soreness out. But apparently, the locker room was popping at like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesse Bates said, "Oh yeah, I rolled in and most of the guys were there getting lifts in, getting treatment and, and kind of going through things." And uh that's Awesome. How many how many people would do that on an off day work-wise? And I know it's a little different sports-wise. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do this. We've all played sports at some level. How many of you would have practiced on a day that coach didn't want you to practice? Not many. And the Bengals uh, essentially were doing that because if you're lifting and you're getting treatment and stuff, that, that's all part of practice, not just the, you know, the 90 minutes or two hours they actually spent on the practice field. So I thought that was a really cool note by uh, Jesse, and he mentioned it again. Uh, he mentioned it twice during his 18-minute oh, or so Zoom call with the media on Monday. Yeah, it was uh, another moment that points to the cohesion, per- the personal cohesion of this team. Zach Taylor talked about it when he was talking about the offensive line gelling. They're spending a lot of time together that they don't need to be spending together as they've come along in a big way too. And Certainly, I think embodying the personality of the team's leaders on both sides of the ball. Uh, Zach was asked about this too, with the defense taking on a little bit of Lou Anarumo's personality. The offense probably more reflective of Taylor, Callahan, and Joe Burrow. Some some amalgamation of all of those personalities and Tyler Boyd and Jamar. You know, all these guys that are standout leaders. Ted Harris on on that side of the ball. Uh, on the topic of the offensive line gelling, by the way. Four out of the five starting offensive linemen for the Bengals this week, as charted by Pro Football Focus, gave up zero. What? Pressures what? Each. Four oh. out of the five uh, 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 starting oh offensive linemen for the Bengals gave up zero pressures, as charted by PFF. And uh, you take that, don't you? This, uh, honestly, and I know you wooed, and by the way, hell of a woo. <laughs> 
We haven't even acknowledged that woo. I think people enjoyed it. Hell of a woo. This is wooable. And I'm not going to make you woo. You just did it yesterday. But do you really, this is like, honestly, it's like I just walked through the desert for three days and found water. <laughs> and by three days, I mean three years. Zach Taylor, where was he in 2015? I think he was with the Dolphins the last time the Bengals had a good offensive line. Like Brian Callahan was still with the Broncos. Peyton Manning was still in the NFL, I believe, in 15. Like, like think about all of the things that, that took place. Jimmy Garoppolo was on his rookie deal, going to be Tom Brady's successor mm. in New England. Like, all of the things that have changed. Andy Dalton's hair was a topic in Cincinnati. Uh, the, uh, it's just crazy to – you said that, and through all of the Cordy Glens and – oh, I, and Jackson Carmen's and Bobby Hart – oh, Bobby Hart's. And retirement <laughs> of, of good players, retire, yeah. you know, in, in Billy Price's and Cedric Obwehi's and all of these dudes. I love it. I, I, I want to start singing. And, and I, I feel good for, uh, for Joe Burrow because he might be the best quarterback this franchise has ever had. And I don't say that lightly or prisoner of the moment. And the last thing you wanted to do was not have the line around him. And it looks like maybe, just maybe. They do. And yes, I'm going to knock on wood because you can never be too careful. For now, it appears that they have some answers. The additions of Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, certainly big. Jonah Williams bouncing back post by and Cordell Volson slowly coming along as a fourth round rookie, certainly holding his own out there. Let's go, and Cordell. The, there's some ups, ups and downs with Lel Collins, but you know we're, we're not going to dwell too much on those at least today. We'll get into some more details tomorrow, James. You got one I, more. One I, more I would just take every lineman from North Dakota State from now on. Clearly, <laughs> they raise them right over there. Uh, scout the helmet, not the player. That's what they say, right? That, that's that's right. how we. That's how we. Helmet, not the player. In the NFL. North Dakota State all day long. My that's right. goodness, whatever they're that's doing right. over there, they know how to churn out linemen. Love some Cordell Volson. We'll dive into the film in some more detail. Tomorrow's we'll be joined by Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands. You can go find him on Twitter. He's got a bunch of clips up already as we record this episode. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.